Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Traverse, Traverse the, the Multiverse. Multiverse. I am one of your hosts, Michael Multiverse, and joined always with me is... Jake Traverse. And today, we're going to talk about campfire stories. Not any campfire stories. Especially the spookier ones. Should be a good episode. A spine-chilling experience. Bad. All right, we shall begin. All right, Jake Multiverse, or Jacob Traverse, my apologies. Why don't you start us off? Got an old poem slash rhyme that I'm going to start off with. All right, let's hear it. It's called The Old Woman All Skin and Bone. There was an old woman all skin and bone, who lived near the graveyard all alone. She thought she'd go to church one day and hear the parson preach and pray. And when she came to the church house style, she thought she'd stop and rest a while. When she came up to the door, she thought she'd stop and rest some more. But when she turned and looked around, and she saw a corpse upon the ground. From its nose down to its chin, the worms crawled out, and the worms crawled in. The woman to the preacher said, Shall I look like that when I am dead? The preacher to the woman said, You'll look like that when you are dead. That's a good one. Now, to start off with mine, I have to go into explanations, explanations on a few things. Uh, such as a graveyard shift and dead ringers. Those of you who know, awesome. Those of you who don't, well, <clears throat> here is the explanation for this. So a dead ringer, during the time of certain plagues and illnesses, you would absolutely look dead and they wouldn't be able to find a pulse with the current technology. So when they buried you in the ground, because they wouldn't embalm you back then. They'd tie a string to, let's say, your wrist or your body somehow. And if you were alive, you had to ring the bell. Well, the graveyard shift is people who listen for these dead ringers. Alright, so, <clears throat> getting into it. There was a very well-off family. And... Uh, they had one child, lots of servants. Well, one day, her their child got sick, really sick. It had she had one of these diseases where she lost all color, and then she wouldn't move. She would practically fall into a deep coma, and then they sent for a doctor. And the doctor came in. And, you know, says she's not going to make it through the night. Well, in the middle of the night, she started coughing up blood. And she got blood all over her white pajamas. Which was a nice, fancy, like, sleep gown, you know? And, well, doctor came in the next morning and saw she was just covered in blood. She ain't waking up. He cannot find a pulse. So what they do is they put her in a coffin with one of these dead ringers. And they bury her in the family plot. So, well, you know, there's supposed to be someone on this graveyard shift. Well, the person responsible for that drank heavily all night. And he passed out. Well, this woman is dangling the bell all night, all night. Remember, she is underground. There is no air. She's a limited amount of air. So she jingled the bell so much and so hard, the bell fell off the string. And when her parents go to see her the next day, notice the bell was off. They exhumed the casket. They opened a lid 
and saw her fingers were 100% bloody down to the bone. She clawed her. She tried to claw her way out. And she had this look on her face of sheer terror. Her last moments of agony. So, next couple days, they were in mourning. They reburied her, knowing she was for sure dead. Put her in the family plot. Well, her father was looking in the mirror and saying her name three times. Mary, Mary, Mary. Lo and behold, she comes up behind him, scares him to death. This is one of the original origins of what we know today as Bloody Mary. Very interesting. Never thought it would come to that. That would also explain why she comes at you like this through the window or the mirror. Well, yeah, and scary people. To, I mean, she literally scared herself to death in that grave. So, in other words, she died of a panic attack. Well, no, she scared herself to death. There's no scientific term for it. It's just sometimes you scare yourself into, I guess, a heart attack. Stop breathing. Well, a heart attack is your heart stops. Definitely. There's, oh, there's lack of oxygen. Well, she could have died of asphyxiation, which is no oxygen, but, you know, we, we weren't there. It was so long ago. But, as it turns out, a lot of kids still try and do this Bloody Mary thing. And in order to do it, you light candles. Go into any room with a mirror. Turn off the lights, light the candles, you know, and say Bloody Mary three times. And she's supposed to appear. Now, I'm not sure if you're trying to invoke spirits in that essence, but it's it's, it's about as good as playing with a Ouija board. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, let's not let's not do that one. Yeah, playing with the Ouija board is not not fun stuff. Not, if you play it wrong, you know what's going to happen. If you play with it at all. There's no right or wrong way to play with the Ouija board. You play with the Ouija board, you're invoking spirits. Spirits, demons, whatever have you. So... Yeah, and the biggest thing with that is if, she, let's just say, hypothetical standpoint, they don't do that bell thing anymore. Well, no, because they have the equipment to make sure you're really dead. But there are um, other places in the world that, you know, that still do that. Well, they don't do the dead ringers. Um, they just bury you in shallow graves, shallow enough, so if you're still alive, you can push your way out. And then, that's the technical term for zombie. Declared dead, but still walking. Yeah. You know, that's another thing. In Romania, they... I think they ended up doing that until, like, around the 1900s, 1920, they stopped doing it around that area, because they started developing new ways to figure out if you're dead or not, and that's a big thing with technology. Well, yeah, and, again, we're, we're not sure on the dates. You know, we're, we're not very good with dates. It's but. more like speculating, if anything. Well, yeah, I mean... You know, we we have to actually <laughs> go out of these places, find out if they still do it or not. So, so Jake, where do we go from here? Well, I could tell you about the White Wolf. The White Wolf. Well, let's hear it. Why not? The Timberwolves around French Creek had gotten out of hand 
There were so many wolves the farmers could not, could not stop them from killing their cattle and sheep. So the state was put the state put a bounty on them who would pay a hunter ten dollars for every wolf pelt he turned in. A butcher in town named Bill Williams thought that was pretty good on money. He stopped working as a butcher and started killing wolves. He was good at it. Every year he kill he killed over a hundred over five hundred of them. Then came to more than five thousand dollars. It was more it was quite a bit more money in those days, obviously. After four or five years Bill had killed so many wolves there were hardly any left in the area. So he retired and he vowed never to harm another wolf because wolves had made him rich. Then one day a farmer reported that a white wolf had killed two of his sheep. He had shot at it and it hit it, but the bullets didn't have any effect. Soon the wolf was seen all over the countryside killing and running, but nobody could stop it. One night it came into Bill's yard and killed his pet cow. Bill forgot about his decision never to harm another wolf. He went into town the next morning and bought a young lamb for bait. He took it into, into the hills and tied it to a tree. Then he backed off for about 50 yards and sat down under a tree with his gun in his hand. He waited. And waited. And waited. When Bill didn't come back, his friends started looking for him. Finally, they found the lamb. It was still tied to the tree. It was hungry, but it was alive. Then they found Bill. He was still sitting against the other tree, but he was dead. His throat had been torn open, but there was no sign of struggle. His gun hadn't been fired, and there was no tracks in the soil around it. As far as for the white wolf, it was never seen again. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, the embodiment of the timber wolves, the fighting spirit. Now, if I remember right, timber wolves are still endangered to this very day. Yeah, timber wolves are an endangered species. Oh, they're big too. Oh, one of the biggest species of wolves out there. Well, come to think of it, the more north you get, the bigger the animals are. Kind of. I think I mean, the farther down in the earth you go, such as the oceans. Well, anything that isn't by the equator, I mean, if they would differentiate from going from the equator up or south, north or south. Uh, yeah, what well, you know, you got penguins and grizzly bears. The grizzly bears are more North American. But I'm talking about the deeper and deeper you go in, like, the ocean. You know, the deeper and deeper you go in the ocean, the bigger the animals are. Which, by the way, the ocean is such a frightening place. The answer is no, Jake, we are not going to the ocean. Damn. But I wanted to see an anglerfish. No. (laughs) But yes. How about no? How about yes? You can go see... I'm going to get pet one. You can go and get all the pet anglerfish you want. I am not going with you. What about blobfish? Those goofy things. They look like sad, depressed old men. They just look like sad fish. (laughs) Looks like an old man bald. A little bit. With a big droopy nose. But that story kind of reminds me of a joke. Oh, good God, here we go. You know, we're supposed to be doing kind of a horror-esque, but I don't know why it reminded me. Well, I kind of... <clears throat> okay, so I'm just going to start. Three hunters go in the woods. Oh, good God. Here we go. And, you know, they go hunting, and they don't get anything, so they drink, and then they repeat the process for the next couple days. So, one day, one hunter decides, you know what? I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get something today. So he gets up earlier than all the other hunters. You know, he's still drinking. He's getting, he's getting sloshed. Well, the other two hunters finally get out and make some breakfast and go out and they find him. They find him crouched against a tree. You know, he had his trousers out, he was taking a poop. Well, then they decide to leave him there and, well, they got a deer. So they field dress it, which is taking the innards out. 
They're like, I got a prank. So they take the innards, walk over to him. He's still passed out against this tree in the squatting position. So they threw the guts underneath him. And then they go back and finish. Uh, he fell asleep taking a dump. Oh, yeah. But that's not the funny part. Don't beat me to the punchline. I'm not. I'm just saying. He so they asleep. go back to the camp and they butcher up the deer right. And then all of a sudden, the, the guy came over and he's panicked going, Guys, I fell asleep and I pooped so hard that I pooped all my guts out. <laughs> so, and then he holds up two fingers. He says, if it weren't for these two fingers, I never would have got him all the way back up there. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> So, I suppose it's my turn to tell a story. Sorry, we're a little distracted. More than usual. Anyway. We're not in our usual space, but we're trying out different spaces. See how it goes. So, I suppose it's my turn to tell a story. Indeed. Should I tell Cannibal Island? Harold, the Scarecrow. What, what should I go with? What do you think? Because I got a few more. Scarecrow. Ah, Harold the Scarecrow. Fine choice. No, I don't remember every exact detail about this story, but I heard it when I was young. Of course, we're going off the top of our heads with this stuff. For the most part. Anyway, so there's these two farmers. Old days where you actually had to build, well, scarecrows and you got to farm your own crops. Well, these two men got really tired of scaring away these crows. Those by themselves, you know, waving everything, have to take shifts doing it. So they built a scarecrow. Named him Harold. Well, at the end of every day, what they did is they took him off his took him off his perch and brought him inside. Well they started whenever they had a bad day, they would kick, punch do just horrible things to the scarecrow. They'd smear food on his face. They did this for a while. And after a while, one day, not, not after a while, but one day, uh, they walked up and they smeared food on Harold's face. And he groaned. And they're like, well, that's weird. But they didn't think anything of it. So they just kept going about their daily routine. You know, the other one, and uh, later on that day, kicked Harold, and he grunted again. And both of them just look at Harold. As Harold got up and walked outside, and got back on his perch. The, they're panicking at this point. They don't know what to do. All they know is they have to go in town and trade their wares. Well, they leave down this trail. They can still see their house. And one of the farmers looks to the other and goes, Oh, no, I forgot our pelts. So he turns around, goes back home. All of a sudden, the one farmer sees Harold on top of the roof, unflailing something like a piece of leather. Didn't know what it was. So he just starts getting worried because the other farmer's not coming back yet. It's been an hour or two. It only takes a half hour to get there, half hour to get back. So he waits a little longer. And so he decides to go back. He comes across a grisly scene where the other farmer was skinned alive by Harold. And that other farmer, you know, both the farmers weren't heard from him again. And they never saw Harold. In fact, people who came and investigated, all they saw was a scarecrow. Like I said, I don't know every bit of detail about that. Still creepy as shit, though. Oh, yeah. I wish I actually had the story in front of me. It would have been much better. It's definitely creepy as shit. You know, a big thing with uh, death, especially people dying, 
there's always one thing that always ends. You're always riding the back of a hearse. I think I know where you're going with this one. Well, I am going to sing a little song. More like somewhat rhyme it out and sing it. Oh, the riddle. Not the riddle, though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's called the hearse song. Oh, we can do this together if you want. Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by. For you may be next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week, then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. The worms play pinnacle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your nose. And big green worms with rolling eyes crawls into your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you'll eat when you're dead. Nice. Well, I remember having to sing that during the month of October when I was in elementary school. Good times. My mom actually had that on tape when I was singing it in chorus. Oh, it's just like they're coming to take me away. That was a good one. They're coming to take me away. They're coming to take me away. Yes. To the funny farm. Memories. Well, I suppose My mom actually had that as a ringtone. Nice. Now, I suppose it's my chance. Not chance, but my turn to regale a tale. Indeed it shall. Let's start with Cannibal Island. I mean, I don't know how many people know about this, but there are some people who talk about it on, let's say, social medias. Well, Cannibal Island is in Russia, all right? And what it was, was a uh, prison, technically? After... Why don't we take a little intermission? So, uh, I was talking about Cannibal Island. Yep. Which is in Russia. Uh, well, they use it, I believe they were overpopulated in some of the gulags. So they turned that into kind of like a temporary... Camp? Uh, yeah, temporary gulag. Internment camp? No. Temporary. Or is that something else? That's something else entirely. Okay. You know, we'll touch on that in a little bit. There's something I gotta get off my chest with that one. Oh, good God. But. Now we're all in trouble. Oh, yes. Now, as far as what the Cannibal Island started off was, it was technically a gulag. Well, they put people there, and then make. It's completely surrounded by water. Freezing water. It's Russia. You know, it's cold. Always cold. Yeah, Russia's known for its winters. Yep. So they'd make trips every now and again, back and forth, every couple of days, give them food. Well, most of these people would like attack the boats to get at the food and stuff. And when they did that, they just drove off. So these people would go days, weeks, not weeks, but up to a week without eating. And after a while, you know, you got certain people who got in charge, the worst of the worst prisoners, you know. And. Well, they, they started finding other ways to... Entertain themselves. Entertain themselves and find nutrients. And the only reason why anybody knows of this is because there was someone who took the swim all the way across frigid cold water. It was a woman. Well, when the people found her, she was covered in blood. She was brought to a farm place just to kind of rest up. Her calves and her breasts were cut off. Yeah. So it turns out the people on the island started eating the other people. I mean, this was months in the making. 
they started eating the weaker ones and the, you know, whoever. Strongest of the fittest. Oh, yeah, the survival of the fittest. You know, I mean, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the general information for it. But this was not a fun place to be. After, it sound like it. Oh, yeah, after a while, I mean, the I believe the Russian government just kind of completely abandoned it. They relocated all these prisoners to a different undisclosed location. Now, internment camps. Let's talk about those. <laughs> so, you know, the Holocaust and the concentration camps. And how we say that's so bad. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's completely horrible. Yeah, gas chambers. You're basically in a furnace. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if this is a little known fact, but a fact everybody seems to refuse to acknowledge. Us Americans did that, too. Mm-hmm. During the time period. Japanese internment camps. We say the... You know, Germans were bad. We did the exact same things. Arizona had a one in its prison. Oh, yeah. We, did we talked about that a little while ago. Where oh. I brought it up in Urban Legends. Oh, yeah. I mean, Japanese internment camps were the exact same thing as concentration camps. Mm-hmm. So, we, we can't be, oh, we're so proud. We weren't the Nazis. We, we were just as bad. Mm-hmm. So, anyway... Moving on to kind of the, back to where we were <laughs> before that little hiccup. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even my fault. What? No, see, what's happening is I want the recordings to be good. And then you're trying too hard to do it. <laughs> There's no trying too hard when you get this little voice popping over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we want it to be... We want it to be good. Before we send it over. Giggles over there. <laughs> we don't know what they're doing, but it scares us. We have the women... We have our... Lady uh, friends. Lady friends. My wife, his fiance, And... Yeah. <laughs> so... We're, we're slightly distracted. But that's... That's alright. That... Slightly. There's no such thing as slightly. There's we're either distracted or we're not. Listen, Jacob Traverse. All right. Now I believe you had more. This is a kind of a story off the books that just came to my my mind. <clears throat> it has to do with the the Nazi um, concentration camps. Auschwitz was known to be, like, the worst of the worst. Well, there was a concentration camp that wasn't well known of. Now, every concentration camp has its worst to least worst. This was kind of out there. Yeah, alright. It's an abandoned place in the middle of the woods. Basically, it's a camp... Surrounded by dead trees. Now, these the prisoners there. Nobody really knows what happened there. No one really knows because everyone there died. Like everyone dead. Basically, the prisoners went in, and they didn't have the supplies to keep up maintenance. Well, what happens when something leaks? Well, yeah, I suppose. What happened is the gas leaked out, and there was a prison, or uh, one of the guards, he was smoking. Oh, no. The whole place up went in flames. People inside the chambers and people outside the chambers. Everything is scorched. There was snow there, and then there was none. The whole forest burned to the ground, but there are still dead trees surrounding it. Yeah. And Eventually nature will take it back. Well, this thing has been here for over 80 years, and this thing has not grown back at all. Now, case in point, there might be a reason to it. Anybody, uh, like about three people wandered into this, into the woods, and they found this camp. Okay? Yeah. The kids had no idea what they found. They have no idea what went on there. They're just goofing around, you know. One's drinking, one's smoking, one's goofing the hell around, climbing over the damn place. 
and kids will be kids. Like they're oh, around fourteen years old, and they're pro- they're a group of friends. Well, they're going around, and they hear a growling sound, like a gurgling growling sound, and so they get to this underground. Basically, they had these tunnels that ran underground. There was a collapsed um, tunnel. Now, after a long time, there's going to be erosion, right? Well, the concrete over time will collapse. Well, they found a skeleton buried, like crushed. So this had to happen recently from the explosion. And so kids are going around there and they see these eyes. They think it's a wolf or a creature or a raccoon. It could be anything, really. Except one distinct feature about it. Everything around the eyes turned black. All three kids, now they're at the point where they're so scared they're going to shit themselves. They turn around and run. They get outside and notice one of the guy, one of their friends are missing. Another kid says, we have to go back for him. We can't just leave him there. And one kid, being one of the kids, is like, dude, I'm not going back down there. You're freaking nuts. All of a sudden they hear a blood-curdling scream from that tunnel. And then, it dies. They get to the edge of the woods, and there are two red eyes staring at them in the dark. Now, they went in there around the afternoon. They got out around 10 p.m. They booked it, went home, and never said a thing. To this day, they have never gone back. Would you? Hell no. (laughs) Unless I'm trying to figure out if it was true or not. But that's up to the viewer. Yeah... You're not wrong. I, I still wouldn't chance it. Me personally. Dealing with forces like that are well beyond myself. Now, whether you can tell the viewer that's listening to this, whether you can tell whether it's true or not, that's up to you to figure out. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's half the fun. Oh, yeah. We may be just spouting complete nonsense and BS, but, you know, no, at no least we're spouting it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> you're just you're about as full of shit as I am. Your browns are so your eyes are so brown. You're full of shit. <laughs> Close. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, I had one, but I lost it. Oh. Hang on. Let's see. I had one. Where did where did it go? Well, you did the Bloody Mary one. You did Harold. And did the Cannibal Island. Yep. I figure I helped jog your memory. Yeah. Then I did the corpse. The. You did the Holocaust one. Nope. I did the uh, paddy wagon. Oh yes, the the hearse song. Mm-hmm. And then I did that one. Oh. Well. <sighs> and for the viewers, if you're wondering why they call it a paddy wagon, you're basically a hunk of meat in the back of a car. <laughs> I guarantee that's not why they call it that. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm usually not this lost. I'm a bit tired. You know, the, but, uh, well, I could. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to think of a really, really good one. I could tell a complete BS one, but. Opening soda. Yeah. Because I'm thirsty. 
Well, well, here's one I just heard about recently. I'm not going to say the source, but there was a yeah, fairly young-ish, in retrospect to human life, young a woman who was in and out of relationships all of her life. Well, she settled down, got married, divorced, married, divorced. Well, until she came upon a, a guy that she kind of, she fed hell. Uh, fell head over heels for well she sits there and this eventually didn't end well you know they got in fights she got physical with him he kicked her out you know he's got two kids he don't want that around him so the only way she knows how to make it up is buy nice lingerie send the kids away send the kids away for the weekend and uh, well make them dinner and then they have the fun time. You know. Well. She sits there and. She makes plans for his kids. And she uses the spare key she has. To get into his, his house. He didn't like that coming home. He didn't like that she didn't ask. To send his kids away. But he's like you know what. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. So. They, they wind up sleeping together. You know, sleeping together. Quote, unquote. Happy, sexy, fun time. Well, then she got it in her head. And she's, he's just using her at this point. So, quiet as mouse. She sneaks out of the house. Drives back to her house. And gets what she calls the tools of her trade. Keep in mind, she worked at the meat processing plant just in town. I can see where this is going, but I'm not going to ruin it. And then she went back in his house, again, quiet as a mouse, got on top of him, and proceeds to stab him over and over. So repeatedly. Well, yes, over and over repeatedly, but he didn't die. Pushed her off. Adrenaline surging at this point. He runs. Runs. Gets to the front door. Adrenaline wore off. He collapses. And then she continues to stab and stab and stab. Well. Uh, next couple days. His boss noticed he hadn't come to work. He's never missed a day of work in his life. You know, since he's been working at this job. So he sends one of his, the younger employees to go check on him. They're friends. They know where each other lives. You know how it goes. Small company. Knocks on the door. Calls out. Calls out. No answer. Then he notices uh, something on the bottom right corner of the door. It's blood. He calls the police immediately. The police go in. See the blood. They force their way in because now they have probable cause. They can just go in. And they see a pool of blood right in front of the door. And they're searching around, searching around. And they see a trail of blood. They're laying behind the couch. Well, they look behind the couch. There's a woman there. Almost dead. They get her the help she needs. They rush her over to the hospital. But they got to search for him. That's why they were there in the first place. They go and they look in the kitchen, which is also a dining room. And there's a whole smorgasbord, like a five-course meal, set on the table. Except the window is open. They look out the window and there's one of the dishes sitting. Just It was like it was thrown out of the window. They keep looking, keep looking. They get to the the bedroom and you know there's this big walk-in closet and one of the police officers notices there's a curtain he goes to move the curtain and he's got his gun drawn and then he noticed so let me go into details of what happens next in the scenario after she stabs him not only does she apply her trade to him by skinning him one piece she hangs him 
on a kind of like a towel rack or a curtain rod hangs his pelt over the curtain rod and it proceeds to butcher him cook him up set this nice looking meal so when his girls come home she can feed them their father so she takes a bite of her own meal throws the plate out out the window she got sick that's what the curtain was was his pelt that's what the meal was was him she took him to dinner oh made him dinner <laughs> 100% true story by the way took him and made him dinner oh made him dinner for his girls so she was voted the most <clears throat> evil woman in I believe Australia So, yeah, real life Hannibal Lecter. Miss Hannibal Lecter. Like Mrs. I said, this is sourced from. More like Mrs. Hannibal Lecter. To this miss. is sourced from a video that I have recently seen. So I can't take credit for doing the research on a story. But still, I, I love that sort of content. Oh, and she'll never get out, by the way. She's in prison for multiple lifetimes. Funny enough about that, people have had multiple life sentences and got off for good behavior. There's no good behavior here. She got the heaviest sentence, I believe, in Australian history. What, a thousand years? No. She's never getting out, I promise. There's no parole for good behavior. So... Usually when you do a life sentence, there is no getting off for good behavior. Anyway, continuing on this trend, because I got another one along the same lines. Alright, so you go or do I go? It's your turn. Okay, just thought I'd make sure, because you said you had another one. I, didn't want to I do rude. have another one, and we have time. Rude. Oh no, we have time. Okay, so <clears throat> this is more of a urban legend thing, and um, well, it's true but not true at the same time. Oh, uh, that's a paradox, <laughs> isn't it? Though, I'm gonna such tell the as, story anyway. Well, such as this statement is false. Now, people may know that. There have been alleged claims of vampirism. People having fangs and growing them out, eating and feeding on people or other things. Over the years, many, many different myths, legends, and creepypastas, as you would have it. Well, this happened to be... It was set in about... Late 1500s. 1586. Alright. Those or are not always... Fi- not 1586. It was 1666. Classics. 1666 was the year that this all went down. There was a castle, and there was a cave underneath the castle. Well, the castle lived next to a village. A girl, a little girl was walking one night, trying to get home. I guess she was out playing and having fun, you know, with her friends or whatever habit, you know, whether it's throwing a rock into the pond or just swinging from a tree or climbing a tree or whatever have you, playing peekaboo in the graveyard. Um, well, she's walking home one night and... She sees something by the castle, like on the tip top of the castle, and jumps off and flies around. It's a bat. Oh, she thought, oh, it's just a bat, it won't hurt me. It gets closer. It's getting bigger. It gets closer, it's coming right for her. 
She's the only thing living thing out there right now. The barn is filled full of cows, sheep, goat. They're all put away for the night. Keep them safe. This thing is getting closer and closer and closer. Picks her up. Flies off with her. She is screaming blood-curdling screams. That's your favorite word, isn't it? Blood-curdling. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You're more terrified you're going to scream until your throat's raw. It picks her up, takes her off, and she's never heard from again. Parents put up posters, drawings, figure out where she is. The Count of the Castle is walking through the village. And they all suspect him of being the killer because he is he lives alone. He has no wife, no children. He lives alone. It's always the lonely guy. Okay, that's where their brains are going. Something tells me he has several brides. Wink, wink, that Dutch. Anyway. <laughs> He is known for going to the graveyard at night, visiting, or doing other things. Nobody really knows. He keeps to himself, and people leave him alone because they're freaked out by him. He's pale, barely gets out, except at night. Well, later that day, after he's walking the grounds... He hears a scream. Looks up, something's flying off. Nothing in its grasp, it's just flying off. He heads towards the graveyard and finds a goat drained of its blood. He's freaked out, he runs home. The village people are mad now. They have lost a goat, a little girl, and a full grown cow. So whatever's eating these things are hungry. He gets home and he sees light in the middle of the village. The villagers are mad now and they're running up to his door with pitchforks and torches. Yeah, classic monster hunter, monster mobs. Well, a mob is a mob. No, 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 no. A mob may be a mob, but not always mobs have pitchforks and torches. Sometimes they have spears. Let's hope they never have spears or swords. That's horrible. <laughs> anyway. And they're walking up to their his door. They pound on the door, pound on the door. He gets to the second level. They break down the door. They find him in his bedroom. And they kill him. Two days later. The maid for the castle comes to clean. She finds him dead on the floor drained of his blood now I'm don't get me wrong I don't think the villagers are bloodthirsty vampires she's screaming at the top of her lungs after what she just saw she runs out and gets the guards the guards come to the second level of his bedroom they find no body Just a puddle of blood. Mm. A day later. Kids are exploring. With a grown up. Like Big Brother. They go underneath the castle. Because now it's abandoned. It's cool now. Go by, by the back of the castle. There's a cave. Something's staring at them. They go into the cave, not noticing it. A big bat crawling on the ground towards them. Gets the big brother and drags it. Drags him all the way into the back of the cave. Two days later, the supposed body comes crawling out of the cave. Malnourished. And his eyes are white. Classic ghoul. I like it. 
crawling out, he heads towards the woods and collapses. Dead. Hmm. Guards go in there. Four guards go in there. And one comes out. Screaming, pale white, like he just saw a ghost, basically. He's scarred mentally. He's mumbling, murmuring, incoherent. Like his brain had just broke. Well, they hire a bounty hunter. Like a mercenary. To go and kill this beast. He goes in there. And he kills it. Turns out it was a silver-backed bat. Vampire bat. Now, they were a real creature. They are very, very, very rare. Their wingspan goes about five feet. Just to give a little facts into it. He comes out, has it by its neck, it's dead, throws it on the ground, and they celebrate. Well, about two weeks later, it starts happening again. He's like, you and the villagers are mad at the bounty hunter because we thought you killed this thing. Well, the villagers and the bounty hunter and the guards, what's left of the guards, goes to this cave. They all go in. You hear a mob of screams. They were never heard from again. Hmm. Very interesting. But unfortunately, we have run out of time this episode. I think we should continue this on the next one. So, uh, anything else to add for right now? Quick little quip. Don't play with vampires. Never pet burning dogs. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week's episode of Traverse the Multiverse. Joining with me always is... Jake Traverse. And I, of course, am Michael Multiverse. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and Twitter. Twitter, you can find us at the underscore multiverse 3. And remember, the The Flavor flavor zone Zone exists. exists. Bye-bye.